This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello there and welcome to the latest Liverpool Echo Blood Red podcast. I'm Joe Rimmer, Ian Doyle is in transit, he's somewhere over perhaps Germany right now, he's flying over from Istanbul, having gone back from Kiev. Um, I'm with two people, one who's just back from Kiev, another who was with me in the office on Saturday night, both of them a little bit down in the dumps at the moment. Hello, Hello Dan Kay. Hi Joe, how you doing mate? And hello Christian Walsh. Hello Joe. Yeah. Where is our Liverpool correspondent both home and away? Oh, though? I'm sorry, I oh, forgot no. to mention James, James Pearce. James Pearce is in Singapore, or on his way to Singapore. He, he's also in the air. So, um, have a nice holiday, James. He's he's more than earned it. Yeah. And, um, yeah, what a great season from him. Thanks very much, James. Let's let's get right into it then. Um, obviously, we're all still a little bit down in the dumps. Um, Dan, you were there on Saturday night. I was. How are you feeling? How am I feeling? <coughs> well... You know, I think like most Liverpool fans, our hearts are a little bit heavier, a little bit bruised, but I think for a lot of us, a little bit fuller and enriched by not just the experience of Kiev, but the experience of this season. Proud of what we've done, who we are and the way we've done it. And I'm really looking forward to once we've all recharged our batteries and hopefully replenished and improved the squad. Um, another season of progress, hopefully on the Jurgen Klopp starting in August. Yeah. Christian, you um, had the same thoughts. Bloody hell, I'm, I'm ready for August already. After yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. that was Churchillian. Yeah. Thank you very much, Dan. I'm ready to run through brick walls. <laughs> um, but although we shouldn't because we're on the third floor. <laughs> uh, so, oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a strange feeling because there is the, this, the, the feeling of pride, the feeling of regret, the obvious feeling of frustration, of sadness, that what if, that lingers yeah, about yeah. so many aspects of that game. But ultimately, just a, a feeling of... Not contentment because Liverpool just lost the European Cup final, but you know that 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 knowledge that they are, as Klopp would say, on a good way. They're, they're, they're on the they're on the right path. It feels like, and as cliche as this can be, it feels like it's the you know the start of something rather than the end of something. Yeah. I think that Liverpool will only get stronger and stronger for this experience. Ultimately, Liverpool play the team there who just won the fair consecutive Champions League. They're the first mm-hmm. to do that in, in the modern era, if you will, since they became the Champions League in 1992. They've also won it 13 times, which, you know, the, the, the second closest is AC Milan on seven. So, you know, I think everybody got carried away, and rightly so, because what, what is football about dreams yeah, and hopes? Definitely. Everybody got carried away and, and thought that Liverpool would, would rock up to Kiev and, and, and put Real in the place. It didn't happen like that. It, it, it certainly looked like it could have happened like that for the first half hour. But it is what it is. It's, 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 a, it's another final defeat for Liverpool. It's another final defeat for Jürgen Klopp. But eventually, if they keep on getting themselves into this position, then, then it'll go right for them rather than going wrong. And, and, and that's, that's the solace you've got to take because I do think this Liverpool team will make many more finals. Yeah. We'll get into the football in detail Shortly, Dan, I want to ask you about Kiev because, of course, I was in Athens in 2007. Yeah, one, terrible, terrible organization. Istanbul in 2005, Reds made the best of a good, uh, bad situation there. Mm. What, what, what was Kiev like? Well, <clears throat> in my experience, you know, and I should add that you know, I was there less than 12 hours really on mm-hmm. a day trip arrived, just mm-hmm. ran back in, into the center about half 12, one o'clock, yeah. and then we were really quick home. I think we were on the second flight back. And I walked into my house in South Liverpool, bang on 5am. In my experience, if you could get there, and obviously that's the huge $64,000 if, Kiev was terrific. 
for most people. I mean, unfortunately, one of my closest friends who is currently out there at the minute has had an absolute ordeal of a nightmare mm. with tra- with um, tr- cancel flights, travel letdowns, unscrupulous hoteliers who apparently pull the fire on, on him and you know, keep an eye out on the Echo website because we are doing this as a news story and it will be online shortly. Uh, and obviously, there's one another close pal who was due to be sitting with his flight. He was on one of the cancel flights and it has, there's no getting away from it for a lot of people the absolute ineptitude of the organisation, which ultimately comes down to the award of the final to Kiev, which is not the people of Kiev's fault. No, and no. what I've been picking up from people, and what people have been saying to me is that the vast majority of people in Kiev went above and beyond to yeah. make the experience the memorable one it should be for Liverpool fans. Um, when you could get there, it was terrific. I mean, it, in terms of the setup of the stadium, it was it, it was it was fantastic, and and the the actual organisation of the fan parks. Um, it's yeah, the Atatürk's is Istanbul the Atatürk stadium which, which I should have is my only previous experience of European Cup final memorable though those journeys to the ground was it was in the middle of nowhere we had a fantastic setup with the fan park in Shevchenko Square which brilliant gig laid on by the boss yeah. lads and LFC deserve a fair bit of credit for helping to organise and Tony and, Barrett and, and get all, yeah. Barrett yeah, yeah. And, and the stick that lads had in recent months from people who should know a lot better fair play to Tony all credit where it's due it, th- those few th- those few hours of the park before the game, and particularly the walks to the stadium, which was fa- you know fantastic. You could literally walk 15, 20 minutes from the ground through the heart of this beautiful <coughs> ancient city centre, right to this r- wonderful stadium. And that first that and that kind of hour or so before kickoff, when the the excitement, the euphoria, the anticipation. Yeah, when thirty five plus years ago in the game, <coughs> it's up there with anything I've experienced. Really was terrific. Um, so thank you, know, thank you for me personally to the to the people of Kiev. I'd probably best think, leaving what I really think of you away from those who have really taken advantage and extorted Liverpool supporters over the last few weeks. I'll keep my thoughts on that to myself. I think those who got over there all almost unanimously, as you say, there are you know sad sort of individual cases, but the other the other fantastic yeah. time. Yeah. I feel like it, it is a bit of a cliche, but the, you know the football gets in the way sometimes, doesn't mm-hmm. it? And, and football ultimately, mm-hmm. it is about you know taking home the trophy and, and seeing. You know your, your players, you know triumph, but at the same time it's about like your experiences with your friends and your family and and just just like-minded people. And yeah. you know my friends were, were over there. They went via some Polish town I've never heard of. Um, I don't even know if it exists. <laughs> um, and then they were in Kiev from Friday morning, and you know from what I could get from their Instagrams because I was I was blanking them. Uh, otherwise, uh, you know they they sort of they, they were having an absolute blast, and, yeah. and some of the, the images and the footage and. You know, all, all the videos come out. It just felt like everybody had a had a fantastic time, um, and then the football starts. And you know, sometimes it can improve it. Sometimes it can sort of take it away. But ultimately, those memories of, of Kiev, uh, it, you know, you forget the game. You, you remember the times in the build up to mm. it, and that's you know, that's something that those Liverpool fans should cherish. I think. Yeah, I mean, I'm hearing nothing but good things about Kiev itself, and a lot of people saying. A nice city it was. Mm. How friendly a lot of the people were. Obviously, you have little incidents, but in general, the people were very nice, and, and the stadium was quite good, and every everything going in was quite organised, um, which was a real issue in Athens. If, if you remember, the enormous it. issue in yeah, Athens. Yeah, 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 from what I've heard, there were no, and obviously we're talking <clears throat> getting on for forty eight hours after the game. And I've mm. not heard of any real complaints about that aspect to it. It was about the overall, yeah. the overall kind of build up to it, and also as well the aftermath. I mean, the, the key. Concern that these pals of mine are at the moment stranded out there is that 
no one's listening to them. Mm-hmm. I'm not being funny. I don't think you needed to be Nostradamus to work out with all the problems and they build up to two or three weeks in advance of this uh, of this occasion. <coughs> the authorities, the clubs, the British consulate and the embassy surely should have had some kind of presence at the airport, for, yeah. not just on Saturday night, but for the next couple of ga- next couple of days to get p- as people are trying to get home. And you know, people should not be feeling like they're on their own at the minute, and they are. Mm-hmm. So that I think wears where things have fallen down. But in general, on the day, the organisation really, to my mind and in, and in my experience, couldn't have been altered. I don't want to dwell on it because we could be here all day talking about UEFA. But I do want to ask you both a question: Are, are UEFA? And again, I'm not defending them in in any way, but do they have an obligation to move that final round? I mean, I, I would like to see it say in a central location, whether that be Germany, Paris, Madrid, or even Wembley. But then saying that, do they not have an obligation to try and move that infrastructure around and allow other countries to make money? Because that, that's what it's all about. I think they do. You know, and it's, I'm really kind of very mixed over it because I've now been to two European Cup finals, one in Istanbul and one in Kiev. You probably can't get two more far-flung out yeah, posts yeah. on the borders of Europe and that. Well, Athens wasn't, wasn't much yeah. better, you know. It's, it's, it's... And, and to me, part of the appeal of going to both these finals was the fact that it was a bit of a mission. Mm. You know, it wouldn't have been the same if, if it was at Wembley or even Cardiff, and I loved Cardiff. Yeah, yeah. But it's just unacceptable in this day and age where for such a lack of communication, coordination, joined-up thinking and planning... Um, and it's, I mean, I do feel very sorry for the good people of Kiev who, you know, applied for, you know, however this final was awarded. And of course, what's a very interesting thing is that in the build-up with all the kickoffs in the last couple of weeks, it has now come out that from now on, there is a proper bidding process for finals mm-hmm. where, similar to kind of World Cups and Olympics, yeah, yeah. where countries have to prove they have the infrastructure to cope with an event of this magnitude, hotels, airports and so on. Why was that not in place now? It's 2018. I think what's happened there, and this is not, to, I think that there's been a, a clear change certainly from, and this is what I picked up from sort of looking at the videos and all that. They've, they've made, since it's moved to Saturday night, they've made the Champions League an event. Yeah, it's not yeah, a football yeah. game, it is an event. It's like the Super Bowl, totally. it's like WrestleMania, it's it's something that, it's, it's a tourism opportunity for the city. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know what, as someone that is in general against modern football and in many of its successes, and I you know, have been for many years, I actually do think that's a that's a step in the right direction. What they've done with moving it to Saturday in general, you know, it's always been a midweek. It, it, it feels more like an event. I think it's more suitable potentially for getting people, giving people the ability to book time off work. I mean, obviously, you need less time off work no matter how long you're going for. If it's a Saturday and Sunday, that is a step in the right direction. So, I mean, people sometimes say, "Why don't you just have a pool of three or four cities, and then once you get to the quarterfinals, you can. I mean, you can award it to someone. Then, I mean, realistically, I don't know how feasible that is with logistics and stuff. But um, it just it, your heart breaks for all the people who've had their dreams shattered in the last couple of weeks. Because <laughs> I mean, well, without sounding arrogant, for most people, a European Cup final is a once in a lifetime experience. For Liverpool, this was the eighth in forty-one <laughs> years, so that averages out roughly once every five years or so. So you know, there's every chance that. You know, we hopefully will have the chance to do this all again, but there's no guarantees in life, are there? It just shouldn't have happened this way, and I really hope that I, I, there have there has to be repercussions. People have to take responsibility for what's happened and step up and make fans feel that they're. You can't have it both ways. You know, a lot of the image, a lot of the corporate talk we get from clubs and authorities is that fans are at the core and heart of what we are. You are the game. 
well prove it because it hasn't felt like it in the, in the build up and aftermath of this final okay let's move on let's talk talk football Kristen you mentioned before it was a final of what ifs and possibly you could say that about every defeat in finals possibly every defeat full stop but this particularly felt different didn't it I mean I don't think I've ever seen a final in which so much bad luck and I think you can call it bad luck when against one team would you go along with that I, I everything that could have gone wrong yeah. for Liverpool went wrong and yeah. and it's almost I, th- I think the thing that you've got to also contemplate here is, is the way they reacted to, to this bad luck and then when it looks like they've they've done exactly what they need to do to, to ride that storm the next bit of bad yeah. luck or, or you know poor goalkeeping you know yeah, let's yeah. let's call it it's bad luck poor goalkeeping however you want to so you go through this Mohamed Salah goes off after half an hour the 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 lads missed about two games, three games in the mm-hmm. Premier League all season. He's been an absolute iron man for Liverpool. He had a couple. Of, he had a, missed the derby with a with a little bit of a niggle, but he do, he doesn't get injured. No. He doesn't get injured. He and tried to play on as well. He tried he? to play on, couldn't play on. So half an hour. So then you say, well, what next for Liverpool? The next thing is you brought Adam Lallana on. You just get to half time at nil nil. You get Klopp. You get get them into the dressing room so Klopp can you know give a team talk, and then you sort of go from there. Tick, they did that. Yeah. Then Loris Carius does that, and you know, is it bad luck? I, I, I mean, we'll move on to Carius in general, but let's just so that happens one nil. So, what do Liverpool need to do next? How do they manage that? Well, what they've got to do is strike back quickly. Mm-hmm. Tick, they do that. Mm-hmm. What do you do after you struck back quickly? Well, you've got to basically, you know, keep it tight for the next 15 20 and, and don't give away any big chances. They do that. But then Gareth Bale tightens up and does an overhead kick, which is one of the greatest goals in Champions League final history. So okay, now what do you do? Well, what you've got to do is keep it tight, keep on, you know, keep on trying, keep on drilling down, hammering on the door, and, and give yourself a chance going into the last ten five minutes. Well, they do that. Mane hits the post to make it two two. Goes really, you know, an effort, a wonderful effort on goal, and then Loris Carius, you know, punches that one into his net, and that's the end of that. Everything that every bit of bad luck, Liverpool actually didn't just sort of face it, they combated it yeah, and they yeah, did exactly yeah. what you do in that moment of adversity. Yeah. But it just eventually all added up to too much and it went to three one with, with eight minutes remaining and that was the end of it. So I can't remember a, a game like that in a long time. It still feels a little bit surreal. I think um you know, we had um, one of the lads who was in here, Sam, he was saying to me yesterday again, he was just going, he doesn't feel like it was a a real final. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. feel like it was a real game of football because it was all like he's going to wake up and it's going to start again tomorrow. Because everything, if, you, if it was a computer game, you would have turned it off and started again. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it was just it, it was Liverpool's worst nightmare, and I think that's why people are okay with, with the defeat in general because you know they they did all they could, and 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 it was just a couple of individual errors. Mm-hmm. Apart from that, I thought they managed the game pretty well. Yes, done. <coughs> I've seen a few people saying, and I've had a few messages from friends or whatever to the, to the, along the lines of we didn't turn up. I can see how some, how you can make a case for saying we perhaps didn't do enough of the things that got us there in the first place. Having now, I have now watched the full 90 back. That, uh, <laughs> <Fair> place, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've never watched that. But. <laughs> That's part of my process of kind of dealing with it. And, uh, but, the Andy uh, Kelly process. Well, sometimes it is, you know what I mean? And, and what's the disappointment and everything kind of else subsides? You know, there's, there's, there's defeats and there's defeats. And I think we were all emotionally invested in this so much from the season that we've had, from the whole clock journey so far that felt like it was building to this point. Um, 
it was almost like we smashed a million mirrors and walked, you know, run over as many black cats as you'd like. There are other, you know, I think what a, a key aspect in it all is that, you know, there's, there's a, everyone can see that this squad has been creaking to a certain extent over the last six weeks or so. They've put, they've performed heroically well to get to the final and also, like Christian said, to really try absorb and fight back against every single slap in the face from Lady Luck that they had on mm-hmm. Saturday. You could argue that one of the key, and I think Klopp was asked about this in his, in his post-match presser uh, directly, when both teams, you know, was that second, as the second half opened up like, like, it thought, like we all thought it would, and that kind of key pivotal moment in the middle of the second half where the game was really going to be decided, Madrid bring on Gareth Bale, and our options on the bench are so limited. A couple of lads that haven't got a, barely got a goal between them all yeah. season. Um, we've heard, you know, even in the build up to the final, we've heard talk from the, the Liverpool owners that they, they will continue to back the manager with money, as in fairness they have done in recent times. And, and those buys have, have paid off by and large. Van Dijk, Mane, Salah, these have all been key elements in getting Liverpool to where they've got to. We've been at this kind of like crossroads, watershed moment too many times that we don't care to remember in the last 15, 20 years where we feel like we're one step away but it's that final step which is always the hardest one to make but listening to the interviews that I have done afterwards and Jurgen Klopp in particular who you could tell was bristling over various issues you know maybe some of them relating to Salah which we might get onto shortly but I like the way he talks I like the fact that he was hurting and he was prepared to face the pain head on and you can't run from this kind of thing you know to, to to, to live these dreams, you've got to kind of like deal with the fallout that comes from them, whatever way, whatever way it is. But I just feel that we're in a position where these lads, this team, this manager, these supporters will fuel what's happened and really use it to, to push them forward in, in August. I know, you know, everything I've, I've done with Jurgen Klopp and everything that I've heard him say, I know for a fact the type of manager he is when it comes to defeats and he's very much concerned about why those defeats happened as to what the goal the goals, yeah. the, the final score was, you know, yeah. how many goals it was by or, or whatever. He is very much somebody who will sit down eventually and analyse. And while the result will say Liverpool f- uh, lost 3 1, he will recognise that there were certain moments in that game which could have gone either way. He will feel that Liverpool were, were more than, you know, I think he had Henderson the miss of that they were the, that rail were the better team. I mean, I wasn't too sure about that. I don't think. I think Klopp. eventually they were, weren't they? But eventually, but but that was after so yeah. much adversity. Yeah. Sort yeah. of when you get when it went to two one, that's where they yeah. put the, the 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 that's where the winning mentality comes in, isn't it? Um, but you know, Ryan Klopp is a is a manager who will not sort of throw the baby out with the bathwater after this. Yeah. He didn't do it after Seville, well after Ball against Sevilla. Everybody was calling for eight, nine, ten players to yeah. be sold. He didn't do that. He still believed in the process. He still believed. In the players, even the ones who made mistakes that day. Okay, Moreno didn't really get much of a look in last season, but there were other players there who, who had to be shipped on. Lallana was finished, and Emery Chan is, you know, n- not good enough. And what about you know this player, that player? For me, you know, you know, is he good enough for a number nine? He's he's answered all of those questions, um, and, and he's taken a squad to the Champions League final. So, I think that is where this is a real good side of Klopp. He's emotional on the mm-hmm. sidelines. But he can also look at things really analytically and realise that, you know, despite the fact that they lost and despite the fact that he's hurting, it actually wasn't a damaging defeat in terms of the way it happened. It's interesting you say that because 
I like I love Klopp's attitude as well. You know, he came out and he apologised after the game, and he's got absolutely nothing to be sorry for. Statesmanlike, isn't he? Yeah, and he's returned some great times to Liverpool. But um, a lot of people saying, "Oh, he's now he's got to win a trophy now." The pressure's on. Three finals lost at Liverpool, seven, seven now in a row. Um, and six, I, six, sorry, in a row. Yeah. And I read some interesting things. You know, um, Chris Bascom. I saw him. I can't remember who it was. He was debating with after the game on Twitter, saying, well, "Why does he have to win a trophy?" And, and I, that might sound strange, but personally, I think the great, the great thing about Klopp's teams is they have a go. They get to finals, and you've got to be in it to win it. And you, you can't win them all. And sometimes bad luck goes against you. But he's challenging for trophies, and eventually something will give. And if you keep getting there, you'll get that luck, won't you? And you, they might, they might fail some more. They, there might be more heartbreak to come. But eventually, I believe they'll get there. I think I'm right in saying you guys will be as European football player slightly best than me. He had quite a few near misses and false starts in, in his early days yeah, at Mainz, Mainz, before yeah. he got them up. Yeah. I'm not sure, maybe at Dortmund. He missed out the last day, didn't he? I think maybe, maybe twice. Yeah. I, I think it was the third time lucky, certainly getting Mainz up. I don't know if, Dortmund, if success <laughs> maybe came a little bit quicker at Dortmund, yeah. but that certainly did, gives me heart that he isn't going to be too thrown from his kind of vision of the journey that his team and, and everything are on. And he'll believe in his process. And, and I think he'll have, as the dust settles and the upset subsides and you're able to kind of look at things in a more clear-headed analytical way he'll like Christian said he'll he will absolutely analyze the death out of it, it why this happened and there's myriad reasons for that this will sound like sour grapes but it's, it's and, and I'm not advocating that they change the format but when you think about it I mean cup competitions in general are crazy because you get one bad 90 minutes and you could be gone like look at yeah. Liverpool in the FA yeah. Cup this season they had an absolute stinker against West Brom who finished rock bottom of the Premier League gone you know so so that can happen you've got a Champions League format there which you have Play six group games, which I think is probably a fair enough time to sort out the top two from the from the bottom two, yeah. and then you play three two-legged ties, home and away, uh, in the last sixteen, the quarterfinals and the semis, and then your success is according to these people defined by one ninety minutes. How does that work? How does how does a season go from success to failure in the space of ninety minutes, especially in a, in a game where so many things and that was proven as Liverpool found out to the detriment against Real Madrid. You know it. it, it Liverpool, so what you're saying is if Liverpool would have won two one, it would have been a success. But now that they lost three one, it's a failure. Yeah, you yeah, can't. Well, you can, fans can feel like that, and, and and ultimately that's what fans are in it for. They are in it for the the experience and the glory and and to feel those emotions. But you know, Jurgen Klopp, thankfully, is a little bit more uh, calm than that. He's a little bit more analytical. He's a little bit more realistic. And what he will see is that. I think in a way getting to a final is, is is not as good as winning it but that is the achievement in itself and then it does just come down to those fine margins look he's lost five of the last six now well he's lost his, his last five last six last six, six. Yeah. Yeah. He's played, that no no he's played <laughs> seven but he's lost his last six but there's, there, there are fine fine margins throughout there was the game against Wolfsburg where okay it was his last game emotion got the better of him the final against Bayern Munich at Wembley the Champions League final Goal, you know, two minutes from time for my and Robin. With Liverpool, even you look at the fact that Liverpool were a much, much, much better side in the first half and should have been two or three up, and then they switch off after eighteen seconds of the second. He can't legislate for that. Mm. What's he meant to do there? Mm. You look at the Carlin Cup with um, with Manchester City. He came penalties. He came up against the goalkeeper who was proving himself to be an absolute penalty saving expert. He lost an extra time against Bayern Munich when he was at Dortmund in the, in the German Cup. So these all add up to you know. Okay, oh, he's lost six finals. He's he's the you know he's the perennial bridesmaid, never the bride. But 
you know, they are such fine margins that he, that he could have easily ended up winning five out of the mm. seven. It's just one of those things, and it's not it's not about his approach. It's not about his mentality. It's just that. 90, anything can happen in a 90 minute game of football so to, to, that's to the shine, charm that's why we all yeah, and so to define a game uh, to define an entire campaign you know with a league season yes there are 90 games of football but there's 38 of them yeah. which which you know sort of help determine who the best team is in cup competitions that doesn't necessarily happen and, and so you can't really judge it and I don't yeah. think Klopp does either on that you talk about being the bridesmaid and never the bride but so many managers are never the bridesmaid yeah, well, are they you know, like, don't even get an invite to yeah, the wedding <laughs> like you look at, I think you look at Wenger who's at Arsenal 22 years and got to one European Cup final yep. and they lost yep. and, and barely and any quarters shows, and semis really yeah, two. Exactly. well they got two European finals but one European Cup one final, European yeah. Cup yeah. final yeah. And, and that shows how difficult it is to, to reach that final and, and Klopp's done it within. Well, he's, he's reached two Euro- European finals and one European Cup final in three seasons less than three seasons really. less than three yeah. seasons so to me you know that shows that he's challenging for those honours and all right some bad luck along the way and some some heartbreaking defeats but you'd rather be up there fighting for well, it wouldn't look, you look at look at Rafford as well you know 2005-2006 two trophies in his first two years brilliant yeah. he was a he was a when I mean, he was a jersey dude that wonder saver then penalties away from yeah. not winning his first and then he was a Stephen Gerrard moment of magic away from not winning his second yeah. so yeah. on that those are. are the fine margins so how how can you start to to label somebody a perennial winner or somebody yeah. a bottler or a choker it, it's ridiculous. Yeah. The, the, the society and the, particularly the modern media, football society we live in now, needs these t- yeah. needs these labels yeah. and these tags yeah. on it. They, they don't need. There's very often very little grey areas. Very you know everything has to be black or white. I think a lot of Liverpool supporters who are able to kind of look at the bigger picture, I think you'll find very very few of them saying that this has been a failure of the season. Yeah. I think these, this is one of those seasons where no matter what happens going forward with Jurgen Klopp, whether he kicks on the way we all want to or as if none of us feel this, but if it, if this is the high point and it goes downhill, it was a Dortmund. Yeah, that's European wise anyway. You know. Twenty thirteen, you never won another league, domestic league, or anything after that. But whatever happens, what we have done this season has, I think, restored the faith, the belief about what our club is, about what we stand for, about what we're capable of, and ultimately it's about making memories. And, and the memories that yeah, I think Liverpool supporters have had, and I think football supporters around the world. I mean, there was some, there was one question in particular, and I think it was on LFCTV. They paid basically the whole of Klopp's press conference, you know, just in the in the in the, the, the main press conference, um, which which apparently at the end of it he was applauded out. But there was one question from some guy maybe in Scandinavia saying, you know, basically thanking him for the yeah. enjoyment that. His, his team's approach and attitude has just given general football fans across the world, not just Liverpool supporters. So I take a great deal of pride in that, and I think a lot of Liverpool supporters will do as well. And listen, it's not just about getting nice words, and we all want trophies on the back of it as well, but I think when you go, when you go into it with our kind of approach, I think you buy yourself that little bit of leeway. Looking at it the other side of it, for example, without turning this into a Liverpool Man United thing, I've got chatting with a, you know, my cousin who's a big Man United fan last, last night about this, that and the other... When you when you go into it with the kind of very conservative approach, where it's you know this the, the, the Mourinho approach, mm-hmm. you better win because yeah. if you don't win, what else is there? There's no real enjoyment there. Whereas, all right, we all Liverpool Football Club exists to win trophies. That is almost like the club's modus operandi, isn't it? And that will never change. But but there's more to it than that. And I think I and a lot of others are walking taller today. Well, you have certain sections. You have certain sections of the media today, even asking, you know, well, why, why are Liverpool being lord of the Manchester United <laughs> to get mocked? Certain, certain sections. Of I wonder the media. which sections that would be. Uh, but yeah, so, no, name names, so very silly article. Um, so, and, and, and you know, you've you've hit the nail on the head because 
Liverpool of you know this season at least, and you know I I, I think Mourinho probably does get a bit of undue stick. I think he, he he's still he's still a, he's still a good manager. Manchester United still finished second. Yep. You know, give credit where credit is due. Um, Liverpool still have Klopp hasn't still hasn't beaten him in the league. Then. Exactly. Yeah. So you know we let's be fair and balanced here because yep. we we have to be. Um, ultimately, it's. <laughs> That that is why because because Liverpool have lit up Europe this season not just the the, the, the you know England they they lit up Europe they've had the whole of Europe talking the supporters have, have taken it by storm la 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 is is you know people were, were talking about it on Spanish uh, Spanish news um, television stations French stations New York Times New York Rory Times Smith was doing it it's taken Europe and as you said you know America as well you know New York it's gripped them. This whole story of, of Liverpool and, and their sudden rise eight years after coming from the administration, so close to the administration, so that's why Liverpool are maybe getting a bit of good grace here because they they play football. There's no right or wrong way, but they're playing football, which which pricks the emotions and and, and stays the stays the passions and and you know ultimately that 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 is that is why that is why Liverpool are what they are under Klopp. Ask Jurgen Klopp, he's not he, he loves this club daily. And ultimately, he's the, that that video that's amazed of him from the from the German band's Facebook. Yeah. Um, the uh, the bottom tra- basically the rotten trousers it translates as you know a, a punk band from Nuremberg. Um, he's singing the song about Liverpool, uh, Madrid having all the bleeping luck. Um, he's not doing that. For, he's not doing that because he's not bothered that Liverpool have lost. He's not doing that because he's not bothered that he's lost. But he actually genuinely believes that his team are on a good way, and 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 that you can't define it by one defeat. He did it after Baal. He made that speech in the Novotel in Baal after the Sevilla, saying we will get some more finals. Bang! Two years later, they're in another final, the biggest one that you could ask for. So you look at that footage, and and, and people are going, well, why is he so happy after losing the Champions League final? It's because he believes in the process and he believes in what he's doing, and that's why Liverpool don't nice ways don't win your trophies, but. In the long run, that is what will win you trophies. Yeah. All right. Let's let's talk a couple of elements of the game. We can't we can't ignore him, um, Morris Carrius. Some otherworldly mistakes weren't there. I mean, people had a couple of people say to me that those mistakes were coming, but I don't think the types of mistakes that they, that they were. C- could you say they were coming? Um, there's without a doubt, there's been a huge Im- improvement. <clears throat> in his performances since he's been regularly in the side since what just before Christmas was it? The, 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 the just that just he came in for the Burnley game on New Year's Day, I think, mm-hmm. and I think that was yeah. <clears throat> and yeah, we all had our worries in the early days, and and even if there's been a significant improvement, and not a doubt in anyone's mind in the lead up to this that he was without question first choice, there was always a little feeling that he might have a nervous little rick in him. I'd say the the he got lucky in was it. The, the early minutes against City or Roma when he kind of missed you just starting to hit the bar. That was Roma. Oh, yeah. That yeah. was Roma. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought particularly, I thought particularly in the second leg, <clears throat> he was a bit nervy. You could say the mm-hmm. second and third goals, yeah. which mm-hmm. put undue pressure on us in the, into the, in the second half were, you know, were, were, were signs of that. However, in all my time watching football, I've never seen a mistake of that nature at a moment like that, in a game like that. I had to rub my eyes. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Um... I think Jurgen Klopp was right in what he said afterwards. I think the second mistake is partly as a result of the first mistake. Yeah. What can you say? It's yeah. um, it's a lack of concentration. It's, it's uh, so, so an interesting tweet this morning, kind of. 
for someone else I'm going to reference later on Steve Kelly the former editor of Through the Wind and Rain kind of like the daddy of them all Liverpool fanzines in the 90s and noughties when that was around he said yeah, well, it's a, what we're looking for is a slight tweak in the clock mentality because it, it arguably that first mistake he's trying to move the ball out quickly isn't he he's trying to get the ball on the attack quickly which is obviously a key theme of how Klopp wants his side to play but obviously sometimes you've got to let your judgement take over I mean the similar thing happened early on in Man City when you give the ball to Van Dijk in the first couple of minutes when it should just have gone up the pitch earlier so it's, it's small tweaks here and there and a bit more maturity he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have done but, what but he does, did but does Klopp's it, um, does Klopp's style needs to change does Klopp's mantra or does the goalkeeper need to change is, is the point do you get a goalkeeper who is a little bit more experienced perhaps or certainly somebody who We'll see. Well, you know, the manager wants me to do this, but but you know, I can't. You know, just have a yeah, look around and see what's what. It's essentially you're you're absolutely right, and I was going to say that next. It would have contradicted the point I've made about them being mistakes that weren't coming. But it, he does have a habit of trying to get the ball moving fast to such an extent sometimes that I've seen it get when games at Roma, for example. I remember Van Dijk almost giving him a bit of a bollocking and saying, "Calm down a yeah, little bit when yeah. they, they were five goals up," because. He didn't need to get the moving so quick, and we've seen it at that game. It's about game management, isn't it? It's exactly. about your, your, your experienced players on the pitch saying we don't need to keep it moving quick. There's a time and a place, yeah. isn't there? right? At that point of the game, Real Madrid were on top, weren't they? So I don't know whether. But it was only two or three minutes in the yeah, second half. Yeah. The second half really yet to kind of. Right, they really had the shot that looped against the bar. Mm. But in any case, that's even more of a reason just yeah, slow it down. down. You don't need and to I think bowl it out quick. this is where Madrid showed their real know-how in those key moments of the game, of taking the, you know, particularly that kind of those few moments after we equalised and the crowd was up again and all of a sudden you could feel the blood pumping and kind of thinking, is this now? Is this the tide turning? And this is where good sides know how to take, you know, you, what you're using the black arts of the game, whichever way they want to do it, taking this thing out of the game, having that maturity, when to go quick, when to go slow. And, you know, Carius and if he's still around and all the Liverpool players involved in this run We'll have a little bit. We'll have more knowledge of that for next year, but it was. It's such small margins, and and if 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 he just had that little bit more self assurance, just to just bring the ball back in. Even then, though, like we're talking about these fine margins, I've I've seen before where a goalkeeper will kick a ball and it'll hit a player who's sort of jogging back to the centre circle. And it goes just wide of the post. Benzema's toe could have <laughs> diverted that ball wide of the post. It, like. And for a moment, it actually looked like it was, and then it nestled into the side, and it's just sort of, again, everything that could go... Liverpool, even when they made the mistake, they couldn't get off with it, because it was just... I mean, it, it, I do think, you know, I, I, I absolutely think we earned... You know, it's all saying, isn't it, luck is the residue of design. <clears throat> and I, you know, I don't think anyone could argue we did have the rub of the green in terms of decisions in, against both City over the two games and Roma over the two games. I absolutely, I wouldn't... I, wouldn't dream of anyone. Wouldn't want anyone to think. I think we got to the final luck, but it's often the case. It's often the case, isn't it? When you're playing well, you get that little bit of luck. When you're not quite on it, every break goes against you. Yeah. But you know, for those having now watched it back, and particularly those first 20, 25 minutes, we were better than I thought. I mean, maybe it's yeah, my it's own true. kind of nervous anxiety about the occasion itself. You know, obviously, those Trent shot was the one highlight of it. Just kept that a bit lower. Not sure. I think it was low. Was just getting to it. It, it was, was right on the ground. It was just. It, it, it was a good save, but we were we were, we were everything you'd want. We were everything you would want them to be in those first twenty minutes. We were quick. We were bright. We were moving. We were pressing them high. We were winning the ball off them, um, and then 
the incident between Ramos and Salah happened, and it did change everything. I mean, and, and uh, you get someone like Harris there, where you know, that that might play on his mind, and we'll talk about Ramos in a minute. But obviously, two minutes before the the the, the, the clip's gone viral now, hasn't it, of, of Ramos? Mm. Um, yeah. Now I think it looks to me as if Van Dijk might have given him a little push, but. You know, Ramos knows that when he's fallen, he'll just leave his elbow there on Carius. Carius is rattled. He's talking to the ref. He's he's he's, he's shouting profanity. You hear him yelp on the on the yeah, yeah he yelps actually. and he's yeah. shouting. I'm not saying I'm not saying that people were saying, oh maybe he was concussed. I don't think he was, but I mean that's just. But what it does, it does just sort of unsettle you for a couple of minutes, and, and it does sort of you know scramble your brain off physiologically, but you know sort of metaphorically. Um, what 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 the problem is that like it, it is an unprecedented. The, the third one you can sort of that happens it really does yeah. I, I think it's we like it the, the Raider and the Derby and and that is I think that is part of, 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 of what's happened before in terms of Klopp's philosophy because he does want the ball moving quickly so I think he's sort of, sort of forced get the ball sort of yeah, get it under control get yeah. it and then let's go, let's go. we're already 2-1 down exactly with, yeah. two minutes, was it two minutes ago then? no no it was still like eight, eight minutes, minutes so, ago. Yeah, but yeah, it's yeah, still it's still but and, 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 and to be fair to Carius you know He's he's since he's come into the team, he's set up a fair few goals, not necessarily with a direct assist, yeah. mm. but with him starting the the, the, the play quickly, yeah. it's 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 made Liverpool counter attack quickly, and he, and he's pretty much been the, the one who initiated the attack. The first one is just it's unprecedented, and and on a, on a on a game of that magnitude and game that stay of that scale, what he now faces, I think Ian Doyle wrote this yesterday, on a, on Sunday, he it's. What he faces now as a footballer is unprecedented because yeah. it's not like it's a red card and it's a moment of madness. It's, a missed penalty, it's a missed penalty, which which again can not just come anyone. down. Yeah. This is a incompetence isn't the right word, and that's a really un, that's that's an un, unfair word. But it, it is something that nine hundred ninety nine times out of a thousand times a million. It's a Hall of Fame blooper. It's a Hall of Fame blooper in the biggest game in football. I think it's bigger than the World Cup now, the Champions League. Yeah. Certainly to. To those who sort of follow football yeah, properly, yeah. it's the biggest. It's the biggest game in world football. It's, it's the most pivotal time, and it's just something that he's got to. And you could see, obviously, with the reaction afterwards, the the, the way he was sobbing, the way he was absolutely crestfallen. He, he's got a, he's got a lot of rebuilding to do mentally more than anything because it's just he, he's he is gonna. I don't know how a player. Response to that, I really. But no. a player hasn't had to respond to that. Players have missed penalties. Players have had bad misses or whatever. But the nature of a goalkeeper is that your mistakes are punished. Mm. Never before has a goalkeeper done something like that on a, on a grand stage like that. So it's 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 not fascinating. That isn't the right way. But it's going to be intriguing to see how the lad bounces back from yeah. this. And a lot of work will have to go into the yeah. into the club there to to ensure that he's okay because yeah. he certainly was not okay after the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, we'll move on. Sergio Ramos, you you both mentioned them. Um, I might go against the majority here, but I'd, personally, I don't have that much of an issue with the stuff that he did. I kind of think that that's part of modern football. I think that when Liverpool have had players like that in the past, Graham Souness, more modern times, Luis Suarez, we've almost not celebrated because I don't think that's the right word, but we've embraced the sort of trouble that they bring to the pitch because it, it helps you. It does undoubtedly give teams an edge um, did he mean it on Salah <clears throat> and would you have a Sergio Ramos on your team Dan I'm going to pick my words carefully 
Um, I know it's just Jurgen Klopp picked his words yeah, carefully after right. the game. Yeah. I like how he spoke about the incident after the game. I thought it was very clear all over his face what he thought. I'd rather you let rip, though. But uh, but, uh, but, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, I'm glad he didn't. I'm glad he didn't let yeah, rip. Yeah, I'm glad he didn't. You know, we we don't want it. If there's nothing worse after a defeat like this than being you know, than sour grapes. And you know, Real Madrid have always had some fantastic footballers and had some fantastic footballers on Saturday and scored some great goals. And Sergio Ramos is is had it, you know, is, is very skilled footballer. Yeah, brilliant well. game. Yeah, yeah. brilliant game. He's an outstanding defender. And yeah, I'll ask you a second question first. Like, I think we do need a, I think we do need a player like Sergio Ramos and probably more than one player like Sergio Ramos. I do think he meant it. I do think he knew what he was doing. I don't think he, he meant I it hurt Salah. I mean, I think it was one of these of. I mean, you walk out, I mean, it's a sign of my age. Ian Doyle probably would struggle to even remember this, but Liverpool's first appearance at Wembley, 1950 against Arsenal, um, the, FA Cup, the, the, the FA Cup final. He was too old, he was in the OAP. <laughs> <laughs> the but famously, Billy Little, um, Liverpool only won the league in 47, Billy Little, superstar, was taken out by you know, all Reds, ask your granddads, all Reds of that generation will tell you how you know, Little was famously kicked out of the game. And it's... It's an age-old tactic, you know, target the opposition's best player, whether you actually physically remove him from the pitch. And I don't believe Ramos, net, you know, that was absolutely always thinking to do, but he was absolutely looking to leave one on him. The 1966 World Cup, Pele was famously kicked out of it at, at, um, in those group games at Goodison, and there was a feeling that the referees turned a bit of a blind eye because they all wanted England to get to the final. I was slightly off on a tangent there, but... Um, I don't like what Real Madrid stand for as a club. I've, you know, their hegemony in the game, their best strong base in European football, is built on the advantage that they had as being Franco's team in in, uh, in the fifties when when Spain was a, You're a really fascist. Really going country. off on a tangent now. That I'll I bring agree, it back. I'll bring it back. I'll bring it back. Um, it is part of the game. So I mentioned just before the famous old not that famous, but the fancy editor Steve Kelly. Yeah. I really I had a very wry smile at one of his tweets late on Saturday going. And I'll paraphrase it because there was some, shall we say, choice language used. But it was along the lines of Liverpool supporters weren't too fussed about the likes of Sergio Ramos when we had the likes of Graham Souness, Jimmy Case and Tommy Smith doing our bidding. And I do think there's a lot of truth in it to that, but I do think it was um, serious foul play. And if you did that on the streets, it was an assault. It was a re- I mean, I, I know you guys love your wrestling, your MMA. Not my cup of tea at all, but... There's a difference, by the way. <laughs> well... It, it, what, what, what happened would not have been massively out of place there, would it? No, I, I see. I think, Christine, correct me if I'm wrong. I think that you see that sort of thing between defenders happen all the time. Car- Carragher, Lescott. great defender. Lescott will, will come, comes to mind. But you see defenders wrestling with each other because they, they're grappling. And, and Salah links, as you can't see this on the pod, but you, links, I'm linking Dan's arm now, but links his arm <laughs> first and then. Ramos Does basically he? just pulls him over. So I, I, I the way he grabs on not, and pins he it. He does. He does pin it. He does pin it. But do you not think that happens all the time, Christian? It does happen all the time, but I, I do think also it's a bit of a smoke and gun situation with yeah, Ramos. Suppose, yeah, yeah. Two hundred seventy-four. That might be a made-up number, but it certainly sounds about right. Buckins for Sergio yeah. Ramos. You well, know, that's the thing. Career. It's context. It's history. It's, 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 if, it's, if you it's, haven't it's, made it up, that's quite remarkable. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll Google it, everybody. Double figures uh, in red cards. If, 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 Ra- if Rafael Varane does that, I think people just sort of yeah. immediately just shrug it off and go, "It's one of those things that happens." When it's Sergio Ramos, and because before the game it was built up as if you know he is this this Machiavellian mm-hmm. character who who will do you know win at all costs mentality and the smirk, yeah, like the little linesman. They might. Yeah. Who knows? They'll be talking about the weather. Yeah, exactly. It's but but it all sort of adds up. Ultimately, though, 
it happens, and I think he's gone to leave one on him. I was surprised it took as long for them to leave one on Salah yeah. as, as it did, to be honest, mm-hmm. that it took 26 minutes because I thought he was really starting to grow into the game. A couple of nice one-twos around the box, he was starting to look dangerous. A couple exactly. of times where the ball just didn't run for him and Navas managed to smother it. And then, yeah, it, I, they've left him one on him and it's it hasn't rattled him, it's, it's taken him out of the game. It's unfortunate in the sense that he does, he does land awkwardly. Um, yeah, the full weight of Ramos's weight comes down. Of the full weight of Ramos's body does come down on him. Only Sergio Ramos will know if he meant it or not. But ultimately, once again, Real have have, have, have gotten away with one the same way that they sort of got away with one when Cuadrado got sent off, and the same way that they got away with one when they beat you know Atletico on penalties. They just sort of we talk about luck. They do seem to as, as, as a fantastic team they are. They get the rub of the green. That's because they have got the sort of players who know how to to bend and twist the rules slightly without ever fully breaking them. Stretch them. Yeah. Okay. All right, we'll f- we'll finish with one question. Should Sergio Ramos be banned for life and never allowed to play football again? No, and I I, 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 wanted, I wanted to add in you know the, the petition for something yeah. like this. Oh, absolute oh cringe. God. Absolute yes, cringe. It, it kind of, in many ways, it trivialises the kind of things those positions should be used exactly, for. Exactly, correct. The, 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 those positions have actually formed some very important things in the, in the past, yeah. um, you know, which we all obviously know about and already there to near to us. And, yeah. uh, you know, to, to use that sort of stuff. To, to be fair, with a little bit of context, I don't think a Liverpool fan started it. I no. think it was, by the looks of, from what I've seen, little little look, it was an Egyptian fan who's more annoyed about the World Cup. <laughs> I, I think that's you what it is. I would, you know, obviously he is a, is a hero. Just on that sort of thing, I think, you know, we're saying we didn't manage to get round to it before, but the whole, the the, the whole, you know, death threat issue with Boris Carrius and all oh, that, absolutely Not Liverpool supporters. Anyone does that, you don't know who we are, what our club's about. It's, 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 it's Take pathetic. It's, it's, it's just... But that's just that... Without going into it, because we haven't got much time, that's the problem with social media, isn't it? Yeah, it's the worst yeah. of the worst can come out. And it gives the best of the best, but the worst. And then, of the best and then they out. have their tweet promoted or their Facebook mm. comment. And then you'll have um, rival fans going, "Look at what this yeah. Liverpool fan is saying." It's yeah. like you've picked yeah. out one yeah. from a sea of millions, you know, from yeah. sea of millions yeah. who are tweeting about the game. You've picked out this one person who's either aggressive or they've made a, a silly little shout or they've yeah. done something and that's like representative that. And that representative yeah. and, and ultimately Nonsense. Nonsense. the people who send this should know better but the people who pick it out should know better yeah. as well. Yeah. So. Don't give it the oxygen to publicity absolutely. Okay guys we'll leave it there uh, join us on Friday when we'll um, be hopefully feeling a little bit better and we'll try and talk about what's next for Liverpool. So right. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.